Sunday morning, I prayed. <clears throat> the last sale, we didn't do so good. And I said, Lord, I want to sell every single fiber. There wasn't one fiber left. <laughs> Not one. Nobody who worked the sale was able to even buy one because wow. they were all gone. That's how I know my God is real. He's a prayer God.
the monitors, please.
Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord, for all that in your presence this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, Almighty God, for this offering that we're about to receive in your precious and holy name. Lord, multiply it for your sweet Lord, for your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're just going to continue with our worship please.
song he asked me to sing is one of my very favorites. If you listen to the words, you'll see why. I've been in this all my life. I know the Holy Ghost when I was six. It's about 34, 35 years ago. And I've stumbled and I've bowed, but thankful for the Lord that he brought me back. Amen. 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 And I'm so thankful for what he's doing here, what he's doing in me and this church. Amen. I'm so thankful for my pastor. Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful. Amen. When you were back there and you said that about the worship, Brother Gary said, don't be a Saul. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a King Saul. Yeah. You need the word as much as you need the worship, you know, Amen. even more so. Yes. That's right. Listen to the words of the song. <clears throat>
I'll control the temple. When I was little, I used to think it meant temple, you know, the temple. And then when I got older, I came back to church. The Lord gave me the revelation that we need to control the temple of the fight. Because if we let the enemy get the upper hand, you know, Amen. I'd be Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So always remember that. Yes. Hallelujah. Before we get started here, uh, I want to acknowledge two people, actually three people, uh, who are chiming in right now as, as we're on the air uh, a brother Anthony Kauser and a brother Kendall Blue and I uh, want to send out greetings to them in the name of Jesus and thank you for listening in on our podcast to brother David's friends so let's give the Lord a hand and clap for them praise God too Two of the brethren that Brother David got to know and still his his close friends and uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Besides all the others that are out there and even on the podcast. It's good. Good to be back in the house of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's always good to be in the presence of the Lord. I wouldn't want to be in any other place. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, this is uh, obviously, you know, an uh, important time for, for all of us. And as I mentioned this morning, uh, uh, it's been 38 years since I've been uh, ordained in the ministry. Don't seem like it, but it's been that long. Amen. Praise God. And then uh, I remember when we baptized uh, Brother Kevin and Sister Mona and their family, and, uh, Brother Mark and his few of them that were there as far as that what happened there and that move of God there were quite a few of them that came in at that particular time Sister Joyce Brother Gary's mom uh, hallelujah Sister Annette's mother what was her name again Isla Lois uh, Sister Lois there's quite a few of them that came in at that time amen and God began to move amen amongst the Ihunktua people. Amen. Praise God. And we obviously did have uh, Brother Richard. Amen. Richard. Brother Richard was a part of that. Wow. Uh, as well as Sister Aneta, Sister Rose. There's so many of them. Praise God. So many of them. But uh, thank God that Amen, that has happened and that took place and People were able to find the Lord, yeah. and the Lord found them, yeah. so they found Him. That's how it works, and praise God, my son-in-law, Brother Richie, hallelujah, Amen. it was good. Memories, yeah. good memories of what God has yeah. done, and you think about that, all the things that we've experienced down through the years, but 
Praise God. We're looking forward to things that are going to be happening here. Amen. In the present and in the future. Yes. Amen. Amen. I don't think it's all done. Uh, praise God. He hasn't put that punctuation on it yet. Right. Hasn't put that period on it yet. Right. That's right. Amen. That's right. There's a few uh, commas and exclamation marks yet. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Certain things that have to take place. And praise God. So. Amen. So I'm looking forward to that. And hallelujah. Amen. Those of you that have never been in a church service like this, I welcome you. Yes. Because this is what it's all about. Yes. I've understood that since the day I ever walked into an apostolic church and felt the presence and power of God. It was just like I've never been in a place like that ever before. I never knew church was was like that, was supposed to be like that. Right. Right. Amen. But when I got Amen. a really good dose of that, I have never been the same. I mean, I tell you what, when we find out that the Lord is alive and well, right. praise God, and His Spirit is moving, and just, you cannot, you know, I know some people, it's kind of hard for them to get into the worship, and that's, you feel a little strange, and but you know, there's going to be a day when, and especially when God does something for you. Yes. And God, I've, I've seen this happen so many times when God saves somebody and turns their life around. Amen. Saves you and yes. brings yes. you, pulls you up out of yes. the miry pit. Yes. As a writer says in Psalms, and put your feet upon a rock to stay. Yes. Yes. He puts a new song in your heart. Yes. Amen. And you're not, you know, you just feel like I feel and probably everybody else in here that's rejoicing because of the goodness of God. You just don't want to sit still. There's nothing like this. I mean, who, you know, this is a place where people don't realize this place most of all where you can feel, amen, the jubilation. Yes. Yes. Praise God. Just the celebration. Yes. Of being in the presence of God. Just think Amen. about it. We're getting our preparing ourselves for what's going to take place yeah. when we reach that golden shore. Right. Yes. Ooh. Amen. Man, I tell you what. Oh, hallelujah. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, none of you will ever be bored. Praise God. So get rid of your boredom. Right. Amen. Your boredom has nothing to do with God. That's right. It has to do with yourself. Yes, that's right. Yes. Church is exciting. Church is good. Church is lively. Should be anyway. Amen. 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 His church. Yes. Praise God. So it's it's a place where the Spirit of God moves and and here we are. Praise God. It's Amen. It's awesome. Yes, it is. It's awesome. I was born in the fire and I can't live in the smoke. Amen. Praise God. And try really hard to figure out what that means. And once you do, you're going to agree with me. Yes. Praise God. So that's just the way it is. And I'm so thankful to be in this place right now. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. In the house of God and with God's people. Or as Brother Dan says, with God peep with God's peeps. There you go. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the God I serve is an awesome God. Yes. Amen. The God I serve is a God full of wonders. Yes, yes. The God I serve is a miracle-working yes. God. Yes. Yes. The Bible calls Him Savior. Yes. The Bible calls Him the Deliverer. Yes. The Bible calls Him the Healer. Yes. He does all those things. Yes. And I know that's Amen. Still goes for today because the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he has not ceased to save man in the manner that he began to do when he poured out the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Amen. Almost 2,000 years ago. Amen. Not one ounce of the Holy Ghost has been depleted. That's right. Amen. There's just amen much that you and I can experience and have and we have a unlimited resource and source that we can go to to be able to experience what God has for us. That's just the God we serve. He's above and he's beyond and he's out of this world. Literally out of this world. And if we could ever realize and understand that we need to come to that place where we can make that connection with Him into the spiritual realm, into the kingdom of heaven, we're going to find out we're going to experience that life that He has promised that He would give us. And the life I'm talking about is eternal life. Praise God. So here we are. and Amen. He's given that promise to us, so we might as well... Amen. Prepare ourselves and receive it and just let God have his way because that's what he wants to do. And God obviously wants to make our lives better. How many of you believe that? How many of you come to church with that thinking that God's going to make my life better? And you know what? Our lives can be better. We can, we can, our lives can obviously be better right now. We're even what we're experiencing you might say, well, I'm, I'm doing fine. Well, guess what? If you're doing fine, God can even do better than you. Then you're fine. There's nothing like Him. And if you would just give Him, amen, the liberty in your lives, if you would just praise God, let Him into your heart, let Him into your life, you're going to find out. But a lot of people, it's just kind of funny how a lot of people, they, they just want to somehow, amen, stick their hand out there. Not to shake his hand. If you know what I mean. I remember the first time my dad ever heard the gospel. And amen. Brother Bruce Burgess was preaching. And man, he, he preached a powerful message. I can still remember that message to this day. And after church, and of course, they wanted to meet all our family and stuff, and Brother Bruce Burgess walked up to my dad and said, praise the Lord, and he stuck his hand out there to, to shake my dad's hand, and he was going to give my dad a hug, and my dad just went, boom. 
<laughs> and you could hear that thud on his chest. And he stopped him. And Brother Burgess kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> but that's some people's response to the truth. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. We just want to keep God at arm's length, it seems to be. There's certain things like that I remember. I think, wow. Praise God. Praise God. I'm glad. I may have been a stubborn man, but I'm glad that the Lord broke through. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. My, amen, my, my thick skull. Hallelujah. Now I'm a worshiper. Now I'm a child of God. And I thank God for that. Hallelujah. So I thank the Lord for everything that he's done. I want to turn your attention this afternoon to the book of Philippians chapter 1. Praise God. Philippians chapter 1, we'll begin with uh, verse number 1. We'll just start from the beginning of Paul's letter. Paul, Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, with the pastors, and deacons. That's what a bishop is, an overseer. With the pastors and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what Paul says. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Wow, isn't that amazing? Amen. Yes. Amen. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think of this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your holy word. Bless your people, Lord, I pray. Minister, God, you know every heart in this place. You know our thoughts, Lord. Amen. You know everything about us, God. So I pray that you would have your way. I pray that your word would go out, Lord, and that it would accomplish what you sent it for to do. Lord, let it not come back unto you, boy, but let it accomplish. Amen. The work, O oh God, that you have called it to do. Bless us, O oh Lord, and open up our ears that we may hear, our eyes that we may see, Lord, and our hearts that we can be converted unto you. 
bind us together, Lord, in your spirit, in your love, O oh God, in your word, Father. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Being confident, this is my main text taken from verse number six. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know what, saints, and I know we've probably heard this so many times before, but amen. I think about what the writer in Hebrews said, not to neglect so great a salvation. Amen. Not to neglect. Because God has begun to do a work in you and I. Something about what Brother Kevin was saying earlier about when this all started for them and Amen. Obviously, vivid memories, and I remember those times very well. Amen. Just what we've been, we're experiencing in the love of God, and amen. People coming to the knowledge of the truth, that's a big step in any person's life. Not every day you get to meet Jesus. Right. Amen. And amen, that's the one person in our life that we should, amen, we should uh, give time that we can come and meet him. Yes. And we can... Amen. Have fellowship with him because that's what he called us to do. Amen. And even to begin something in us that, amen, we have never ever experienced before in our lives. And all of us need to realize and understand that this is something that's vitally important to our salvation. And I think what Paul said that, uh, praise God, that we should, amen, uh, seek out our own salvation with fear and with trembling. So we understand that this is something that is very important to us. That's something that should be in the back of our mind every day. Amen. Amen. When we wake up is that we want to live for God. How many of you in here want to live for God? Yes. I want to live for God. Yes. Amen. I live my life that I want to make heaven my home. Yes. Amen. And whatever concessions I need to make with God, I need to make them every day of my life so that I can be ensured that, amen, when that trumpet sounds, I'm going to be there with the people of God. Because, amen, there is a... Amen. A possibility. A possibility that will not happen. The sad truth is not everybody is going to be saved. Even though the writer said that he's willing not, that any man will not perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. That's God's mind toward us. He doesn't want anybody to die. He doesn't want anybody going into a devil's hell. Did you hear me? A devil's hell. Amen. Hell was never made for you and I. Amen. It was made for the angels, for Satan and all his cohorts. It was made for them, but all those who choose to follow his influence. Did you listen to me? Who choose to follow his influence. God never put one single soul in hell. They put themselves there. Praise God. You know why? Because, amen, we, we fail to realize that when we think we can do things on our own. That is a grave mistake we have ever made. I'm glad he came into my life 
I'm glad he intervened. I'm glad I'm standing here. I'm glad I'm saved. How about you? Praise God. I'm glad I'm saved. Glad I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Glad I'm serving him. Hallelujah. The best thing that could ever happen. Thank you, Jesus. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. We've got to have the mindset that we want to be saved. We've got to have the mindset that we want to make heaven our home. Because if we don't, guess what? We won't. If we don't take the necessary, amen, precautions, and we engage in our salvation. Did you realize it involves you being engaged in your salvation? You can't be saved just because you desire to be saved. If you want to be saved, you've got to live and act, amen, and behave like you want to be saved. Amen. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Let me tell you something. If you want to be saved, you've got to add a little works to your faith. If you believe God's going to save you, well, do the things that God wants you to do so that you can be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's let's work out the stiffness right now. I feel like some of you are a little bit stiff in here. Praise God. I don't know if you used starch this morning when you got your, amen, your clothes ready for church. But, amen, you need to loosen up just a little bit. Get excited. You know why? Because Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to save you. Praise God. And it's, it's an exciting thing. Yes. Amen. But, uh, you know, going back and thinking about all this, and it's the reason why I had Sister Melissa sing that song, because it reminds me of how long it's been. Yes. It's been quite a, quite a few years, if you want to think about it. Amen. It's not something that we should just look back at and say, well, that was pretty nice. But let me tell you something. If we would understand and realize everything that you and I have ever experienced or gone through since the day we were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, not just the good times, but the trying times, the times of trial, the times of persecution, the times of tribulation. Amen. Not to even mention the times of adversity. Are you listening to me? Everything that happened. Amen. The the mountaintops and the valleys. Amen. We need to think about those times. Thank God he's still with us. And thank God we're still with him. Can't make it. If you don't have the confidence, the confidence in him, if you have confidence in him, you know he's going to do something in you. He that hath begun a good work in you, let Jesus change your life. Let Jesus make you the person he wants to make you. Are you listening to me? You will be a better man and you will be a better woman. Are you listening to me? Thank 
thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're shouting. That's why we're singing. That's why we're dancing. That's why we're worshiping the way we worship. You know why? I'm thankful to be a child of God. I'm thankful to be saved. I was singing about something. And I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. Deviate from. The direction that the Lord has. Amen. Wanted me to go in this service this afternoon. But when we think about everything that we have. Gone through and everything that we have experienced. Amen. If you don't think it's worth it. Praise God, the devil's lying to you. Everything that we go through in life, let me tell you something. If you're not feeling tempted, if you're not feeling tried, are you listening to me? If you're not uh, having hardship, if you're not, praise God, being persecuted, you might say, my life is so blessed I haven't experienced any of that. Well, amen. I know this, Satan won't bother anybody that he has control of. Are you listening to me? So if you're not making an effort to really live for God, if you're in that place where you feel comfort, amen, you're in that comfort zone and you're not really exerting yourself too much, yes, praise God. He wants you where you want, he wants you to be, praise God. And so that's why you feel that way. Because some people say, it's like, well, I've never experienced hardships. I've never experienced trials and temptation. Well, let me tell you something. If you really start living for God, you're going to find out really, praise God, what it's all about. Then you have a big target on your back. All right. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Glory Amen. to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. But the reason why I am so steadfast. Yeah. All right. Jesus. Are you listening to me? Yes. Yeah. The reason why I am unmovable. Somebody says, that's in the word of God. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <it> is. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. The reason why I am abounding. Yes. Are you listening? Yes. It's yes. because I want to live. Yes. I want to live. Yes. Amen. I want to live for God. Yes. I'm here because I choose yes. to live for him. No matter what the cost is, are you listening to me? I've made up my mind the day I got the Holy Ghost. Lord, this is the life I want to live. I guarantee you, if you had hindsight when you came in, a lot of you would have never made the choice to live for Him. But there's a reason why we don't know about everything when we first come to God. Because if we to see the things that we will encounter, it might change our mind. But let me tell you something. Regardless of whatever experience we've had, it's all worth it. It's all worth living for God. 
trials, all the testing, all the affliction, all the sickness. Are you listening to me? Praise God. The temptation, amen, the tribulation, everything is worth it. Because you find out you're not alone in all this. He's with you. Brother Kevin, God is with you during this time in your life. God is with you. Praise God. Those of you that are going through something right now, God is with you. Praise God. We may feel that we're alone and this is worth nothing. Amen. But don't be weary in wild doing for in due season ye shall reap. There's going to be a day when the Lord says, okay, amen, they walk with me, they've been faithful to me, they suffered for me, now it's time for me to reward their faithfulness. That's it. That's it. All you have to do is get with it. I feel confident. Because I know the Lord's with me. I know the Lord's with me. I'm not in this battle alone. Matter of fact, I'm not even fighting the battle. He is. He's fighting the battle for me. As I, as I, I said earlier, I didn't want to deviate from, amen, the direction that the, that the Lord gave me as far as the word is concerned for this afternoon. But a thought came to me and it was, you know, I thought about this and I don't know how many of you have ever read the story of Joseph, amen, how he was sold in by his brethren to the Ishmaelites and then pretty soon he emptied, ended up into Egypt. And of course, everybody knows his plight after that happened. He was imprisoned. But amen, he experienced all that. It seems like when you look at Joseph's life, being a child of God, you might say to yourself, man, that is a, a difficult thing to experience. Praise God. Let me tell you something. Life does have its difficulties. But the difference for you and I is we're not alone. We've got somebody with us. We've got somebody standing with us. We have somebody holding us up when we're not able to stand. And, and the Bible says in, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 41, verse number 51, And Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. For God saith he hath made me forget all my toil in all my father's house. All the negative, all the bad things that he experienced. I know sometimes that we look, look back at him and, amen, that's some of our downfall. Yeah. Is we like to dwell on the times that we never made it. 
the times we fail. But let me tell you something. God will help you to forget all those times that you have failed him. When he points you to the cross and helps you to understand he has made you an overcomer. And then he goes on to say, verse number 52, And the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. You mean, Lord, everything I went through. Everything I experienced that I thought was negative. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Sometimes we never see the silver lining. Sometimes we never see the hand of God. There's a reason why we go through certain things. But let me tell you something. We're not going through them alone because he's with us. caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Guess what? I know some of us have gone through some things in the past couple of years, but guess what? The Lord is on His way! That's why we need to stand faithful. That's why we need to be steadfast. That's why we need to be unmovable. Being in that place that God wants us to be. Amen. The Bible says that, praise God, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, ye shall reap. There's a reason, Jubal. There's a reason things happen in our lives. You know why? God wants us, amen, to be blessed and become fruitful. Let me get back to where I started from. There's a lot of times we don't see things God's ways. Right. We don't see God's way. Right. We're always focused on what we see. Amen. To all you, amen, young people and all you young adults. Amen. If you're looking at something and you're not seeing good. Right. Maybe it's because you're not seeing it God's way. Right. Or you're not looking through God's eyes. Yes. Amen. And the devil might be trying to lie to you and deceive you. Praise God. 
You don't have to go through all that trouble. You don't have to, amen, be a part of what's going on. Let me tell you something. All he wants to do, a sad thing is all he wants to do is take you out there in the world and use you and abuse you and spit you out. And there what's going to happen. Amen. Then you'll hopefully, amen, come to a realization, amen, that the answer is not out there in the world. The answer is right here in the house of God. Why? Why are you so unhappy? Amen. If you really have truly found contentment and happiness, why are you so unhappy? Right. If that's not an indication, yes, that's right. Amen. Here comes Grandpa again. I guess I qualify as a grandpa. I'm, I'm past the age of 60. Amen. I have a, amen, a few things in my body. I have a limp, so I guess I qualify for a grandpa. I have a gimp in my walk, so I guess I, all I need now is a walking cane. And if anybody gave me one, I probably wouldn't take it anyway. So let, let me tell you, let the elder speak. Let the elder speak. Praise God. It would do you well to listen. Because I'm trying to keep you from experiencing something that, praise God, God doesn't want you to experience. God doesn't want you out there. I know some of you have already been there. You might think it's good and it feels good. No, it doesn't. There's going to be a time and all that's going to wear off. Yes, that's right. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament prophet made a reference to that goodness. I believe that's in the book of Hosea. When he talked about Israel backsliding, he made reference to that goodness. He said, that goodness is like a cloud in the morning that comes in the morning and is dissipated by the noon. So in other words, that goodness doesn't last that long. Short-lived. Disappears. Amen. I'm just telling you. That's the lie the devil never tells you. I mean, that's, what, that's what the devil never tells you. He'll tell you a lie. but tell you it's okay. Glory to God. My, my, my. When I was a younger man, I regret. I made it all through high school. Made it all through middle school. Didn't touch any liquor. Didn't touch any dope, any drugs. I made it all through. My parents wanted me to graduate, which I did. I was involved with sports. And I, I made it through all that. All my peers around me, all my friends, telling me, come on, you got it, you can do it. Just stay away from the negative things. I remember my grandparents telling me, don't go down that road. Yep. Yeah. Don't start drinking like you know your older siblings. Don't do any of that. Don't smoke. Amen. Back then, praise God. 
They didn't want us to have anything to do with cigarettes or nicotine or anything like that. Not even chew. Praise God. They said, stay away from it. Don't even touch it. Don't even think about it. So guess what I did? I did just exactly what they told me to do. Right. I stayed clean all the way through my senior year. Didn't touch an ounce of liquor. Didn't touch a, didn't smoke one joint. Didn't take pop one pill. Right. Until the day after I graduated. And I thought, well, I've come to this point in my life. I guess now I can make my own decisions and do what I want to do. Let me tell you something. That's the biggest mistake and that's the biggest lie I ever believed. Because I found out, guess what? It wasn't what people said it was going to be. So you think that there, praise God, that there's something old-fashioned about being clean, undefiled. Have never, let me tell you something, for all you young people that have never smoked a cigarette, praise God, kudos to you. Yeah. For all of you that haven't taken a drink of alcohol, kudos to you. Are you listening to me? All of you that haven't ingested drugs, kudos to you. And even involved in premarital sex. Right. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I'm kind of flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted. Because that should not, as Paul said, once be named among you. Right. Why is it that we get to that place where we kind of fall into that, amen, that mindset? Let me, let me say it. Let me explain it this way. When we fall into that ditch. Right. You know, my wife and I worked for the Rosebud Street Tribe Treatment Center. And I remember that year they started a new treatment for adolescents, for, for teenagers, because of the need that was there on the Rosebud Reservation. It wasn't just Rosebud, it was Pine Ridge, Standing Rock, it was all over. The, the, the list for clients that needed treatment, and, and when they said, we're gonna go over that list, no kidding, when they brought that list to our, uh, to our uh, uh, meeting in the morning, our staff meeting, man, that list was over 2,000 clients. I'm saying, it had to be maybe even 3,000, maybe even more. And I was just so overwhelmed. And we could only pick up 30 of them. And then out of those 30, we could only choose 20. Amen. We just eliminated. We went down there. And amen. And, and, and when you read the personal statements, when you read the history, I'll tell you what. It was just so. Amen. I'll tell you what. There were grown people in that staff meeting that were crying because of what they seen. And every child was told to give an amen, honest, truthful evaluation in how you feel. And praise God, every time you read their testimony, everything that you read about what they went through, let me tell you something, made anybody cry. 
for a child to ever have to experience some of the things they experienced. But they went through that. And then when we came to, praise God, the, the, the time of treatment and they have to sit there, amen, during that time of family, uh, the family therapy sessions. Guess what? Amen. Amen. There was not a dry eye in the place. And you know what those kids would say? I wish I had a mom. Yeah. I wish I had a dad. Yeah. That took care of me. Yeah. I wish I had some kind of supervision. Yeah. I would have never ended up this place. And they would say, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. You think about this. Why, why am I saying that? Because of the things that are going on. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Blame the world. Blame the devil if you will. But you know what? Let me tell you some parents. They're your children. You need to stand for your children. Praise God, what are you so afraid of? I can prove to you by law. Let me tell you something. I can, I can prove to you if I go on the juvenile, amen, delinquent uh, website, if I go on there, and I, and I can prove to you, your parents by law have the authority to incorporate corporal punishment to you. They can use a belt. They can use that. They can use it against you. Why are you threatening your parents to turn them in for physical abuse? That's not physical abuse. That's what you call discipline. By law, they can, amen, enforce that upon you. Let me tell you something. You don't realize how good you have it. How dare you tell your mom and your dad you don't want to do what they want you to do. Property is pretty expensive. Guess who had to pay for it? 
So when he finally came home that evening and he knew what he was going to face, he came in and of course he knew what was going to happen. And he was 12 years old. 12 years old. I said, Buff, I said, guess what? I said, I'm going to have to do this. I said, because of what you did. Guess what I did? I took him down into his bedroom. I put him on my lap and boy, did I give him a whipping. I know some of you parents disagree with that. I know you do. You don't believe in discipline. That's what it is. Discipline. Discipline. Let, let me run that by you. Discipline. Not not physical abuse. Discipline. Yes. But why did I do that? Because I hated him? No. You loved him. Because I wanted him to respect authority. That's right. Yes. And then people look at you like, yeah. Yeah. I remember one, one person tried to use the, the Bible on me because of that. You know what they said? You're not supposed to be a striker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> I said, I'm not a striker. You know what I mean? You know what they mean by that? Yeah. Woo, cut it by in here now. But the reason why I say this because I, you know, this is this is something that I you know what? The devil is so deceptive yes. and yes. so yes. cunning yes. that he's trying to keep the facts mm -hmm. yep. and the truth. And it seems like we're always afraid of that. Yeah. You know, I have a fear of God. Amen. Amen. I have a fear of God. Yep. And I'm obviously speaking the truth to you in love. Yeah. I'm not saying that to belittle anybody yeah. or make you feel uncomfortable. I'm not saying that for, for any reason at all because we're all the family of God, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Here we are. We're sitting in the house of God. So, yeah. so we, I want you to understand this. We're doing this. I'm doing this because I want you to know that Jesus wants you to be saved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Well, let me get back to what I was preaching on earlier when I was younger my thing was sports I played basketball I was I ran cross country I ran track my friends were trying to get me to join football I was too skinny for that <laughs> Still am. Amen. Praise God. So I elected to take cross country, and I actually like cross country because when we were out in the country, living in the country, whenever it came time for us to run in horses, somebody said, "Go out and get the horses." Well, we didn't have; we only had one vehicle out there, so we couldn't take it out in the pasture because it was a car. So guess what? Go out and get the horses. You know what that meant? Take off and 
So there we were, and when the horse is seen you, guess what? So there you were. Chasing horses. So I would chase horses, stir them back into the place and into the corral, and then we get our horses. So I was used to running the terrain that was out there in the country. So I figured, well, maybe cross-country is something that I could probably identify with because it's like chasing horses out there, amen, in the country. And so I began to run distance. And I found out something about distance. Never realized it, but I was kind of acquainted with it without realizing. When they would, here's the difference. When you run distance and you would go to a cross-country track meet, you'd go to courses. They would have these different courses, two and a half miles was a course. Two and a half miles. And so what they would do is they would show you a map and this is the course. Every course was different. The terrain was different. The topography was different. They would tell you there's a creek here, there's a big long hill here, and you have to run over this washout here, you have to jump over. So they would tell you what's ahead in the course that you had to run. Gave you a little idea of what you were gonna be running through. So you got your mind, you got your mind ready. Okay, this is this is where and the coach would say, this is this is what you this, I want you to run the course. So he would tell us how he would run us to run us to run the course. Okay. Amen. Me being as young and spry and energetic as I was, hard to believe I used to be like that. But when we started off on our first Cross-country meet. I always remember this, Fort Pierce, South Dakota. We ran in the Badlands. <laughs> Waiting. And guess what? Boom! Everybody takes off. Well, nobody told me, hey, don't take off sprinting. <laughs> so being the young buck that I was, I took off sprinting. I thought to myself, oh, I'm really doing good now. But when I began to make the top of the hill, I found out, guess what? I was running out of gas already. Yes. By the time I got to the top of the hill, guess what? Everybody came up behind me and passed me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says this. Listen to this. Knowing not that they which run in a race Run all. Everybody's running in this race. Yes. I'm talking about this spiritual race. Yes. Run all. But one receiveth the prize. Huh? So men, so run that ye may obtain. That was Paul's Amen. advice. Huh? Yes. Amen. Everybody has to run. Yes. Amen. But if you're running the race, run that you can obtain. Right. Amen. You heard my daughter sing. Yes. Amen. You control the temple. Yes. Huh? Yes. You control the temple. Yes. I remember the words of a wise man in the book of Ecclesiastes in Chapter 9, verse 11, somewhere around there. You know what he said? 
The race doesn't go to the swiftest. Right. Are you listening to me? Doesn't make a difference if you want to be fast or you're a fast individual. God is not looking for somebody who wants to get it done. God is looking for somebody who can finish the race. So you know what I learned how to do? I began, I began to kind of get a little bit of wisdom in my running. And every time we'd approach a meet and we'd look at the, 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 the course and you'd see how many hills, how many valleys and all this and all this stuff. You know what I began to realize? I need to learn how to run the terrain. Amen. There was times that I needed to hold back and there was times I needed to exert myself. And after I began to incorporate that in my, amen, my running, guess what? I began to find out that, hey, I was no longer back in the path. Guess what? I was right up there. Ooh, because you know what I was doing? I was pacing myself. I was pacing myself. I found out that my pace was even faster than some other's pace. I began to realize that's an advantage I have. Praise God. And so, I, and I just paced myself and paced myself. Amen. So when I knew that I could, amen, exert myself in a certain place, I would exert myself. But when I knew I had to kind of relax a little bit, I took advantage of those long heels. I learned how to run the terrain. That's kind of like some of us, isn't it? Yeah. Get excited about living for God. Yeah. Get down on that start line. Yeah. As soon as that gun goes off, boom, we take off. And yeah. Guess what? After a while, yeah. you know, I, I don't mind people being zealous. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Being zealous, you know the but, right. but you know, Paul said, "Amen." We need to be we need to be zealous, but we need to be zealous according to knowledge. And so, so we see that we see that. So when we begin to learn how to run the course. Consistency. Get used to it. Yes. Get used to it. Let that be a habit of yours. Yes. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. This is what I need to do. This is where I need to exert myself. I need to pray a little harder right here. I need to pray a little longer. Maybe in this situation I need a fast. Are you listening to me? Yes. So that when God gives you, amen, a little, amen, he alleviates a little pressure. Maybe you can just cut back a little. Yeah. I'm not meaning letting your guard down. Right. Just cutting back a little. Yeah. Learn how to run with the, praise God, the terrain. Because a lot of times we can see what we're going through right now. 
we understand what's happening. Yes. And amen, if we learn how to exert ourselves and we learn how to control, amen, our efforts. Are you listening yes. to me? If we can control the temple, amen, something that you are so used to doing, uh, controlling the temple, you know what your best, uh, praise God, stance is. You know how to exert yourself, and you know how to let up at times. Amen. I always remember, remember brother, uh, brother, <laughs> I wish he was a brother. <laughs> Brother Aaron, I wish he was a brother. Remember Coach Spitzer? Yeah. Robert Spitzer. <coughs> That's how he talked to you, brother. <laughs> I'll call him Brother Spitzer. Maybe he's saved. I don't know. <laughs> By some miracle, maybe he found truth. That's the reason why I say that. Uh, Coach Spitzer, he would be behind us, and he had this old 59 Ford truck. And he'd be behind us as we were running the cross-country course. He said, make it hurt. Make it hurt. Didn't know what that, yeah, what's he talking about? <laughs> Make it hurt. Never realized that. We run the eight mile corner. Get done with that eight mile corner. When I first joined track, I thought, uh, cost coach, I said, oh wow, that was pretty easy. <laughs> Got done running that eight mile corner. Oh, that, is that all? Amen. And, and uh, then, then uh, Robert Rowley, who was a track star, he said, no, that's not all. <laughs> I thought, oh. He said, we'll probably go down to the track field and we're going to run sprints. Uh, <laughs> no, we went down to the, we ran eight miles. The eight mile corners, two miles this way, two miles this way, two miles this way, two miles this. Then you had to run across town, which was about a mile and a quarter. Then you had to go to the track meet. Then you had to run sprints. Then I understood why Coach Spitzer said, make it hurt. Make it hurt. Oh, man. Needless to say, guess what? <laughs> that next day, I barely walked to school. <laughs> One of my buddies came up with this really cool idea, quick strain. He actually made, he actually set the record in the 200 meters. And in, in, uh, that's a half mile for the state back in 74, 75, fastest. And I think somebody broke that already. He said, and, and they call me Hal, not H-E-L-L, H-A-L. <laughs> he, said, he said, Hal, I came up with this training technique. I said, I said yeah, what is it? He said, Get yourself a pair of overshoes. I said, what? He said, get yourself a pair of overshoes. When you run, put those overshoes on. Run with the overshoes on while you're running. He said, you know what it's going to do? It's going to build up the strength in your calves and your knees. And I said, really? He said, yeah, it's helped me quite a bit. I said, okay, guess what I did? I bought a pair of overshoes. Put it over my sneakers when I ran. Let me tell you something. That first time I tried it, obviously, it did put some strain on my legs, but my muscles were getting used to it. And as I began to use them and use them, he said, 
Run with them, run with them until the day of the track meet. When you run the track meet, he said, you'll be fine. Sure enough, I, I tried it. And guess what? When it came down to, to running the day of the track meet, guess what? It was like, I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't feel any strain. I couldn't, they weren't tired. It was just like. Make it hurt. Yes. Amen. Make it hurt. Because we never make it hurt. Jesus, uh, Paul said, or Peter said this, amen, that we are to suffer, amen, arm ourselves. Likewise, amen, as Christ has suffered, we've got to learn to suffer. I, I know it's difficult getting used to the routine of going to church every weekend. <laughs> Even sitting here from, from the time we get here in the morning till the time we get out in the afternoon, that's a long it's it's, it's a long time, and people go, Wow, that's right. how could you sit in church that long? <laughs> get tired. Get tired of being in church. All I'm going to say to that is, make it hurt. Huh? Because yeah. I know one thing. We can sit in front of a flat screen for hours. We can sit in front of an iPad for hours. We can sit on our phone for hours. We don't blink. We don't get tired. We don't complain. We just sit there and sit there and sit there. How come we can't sit in the house of God for hours? How come we can't worship God? How come we can't make it hurt and worship God? I started out to follow Jesus many years ago. I can't believe 38 years in the ministry. Amen. 38 years. So that means 41 living for God. Wow. That's a few years, isn't it? Yes, it is. Here I am. Right. Still carrying on. Somebody might be saying, the pastor's getting worn out. He's getting old. He's getting worn out. No, I'm not. My body might be, but I'm not. I might be 65 in my body, but in my spirit, I'm probably about 31 or 32, just to be honest with you. I know this. If we have started out and we've had a good start, remember, it's not how fast you come off of the starting line. All you have to do is start. Yes. Amen. That's right. Because the course is before you. Yes. 
you don't know the terrain. So just get a start on it. Yes, that's right. Praise God. Set your pace. Set the tempo. And just run. Yes. Are you listening to me? Just do your best to run. But don't start. Stop running. Keep running. Are you listening to me? Keep on running for the Lord. Praise God. Amen. And people do. They have a good start. Praise God. Hold on to that good start. Amen. Because it's really good. Amen. To start things off right. Are you listening to me? And I know there's times that we're tried. I know there's times that we're tempted. I know there's times that we face certain things. But don't let that hinder you one bit. Just tuck your head down. Are you listening to me? Exert yourself and keep on running for the Lord. started out really good. Started out really good, man. I remember when Sinaway was... How old were you, Sinaway? About 11? 10, 11? When he was running track over here. Uh, yeah, and I remember he we went to the track meets. Sinaway, he's still fast. I think that's where uh, Silas gets his speed from. <laughs> Man, let me tell you about Brother Silas. He can outrun his mom. <laughs> he could probably outrun any of you in here. He's really fast. He's got that speed. He may be short, but just like... Whoosh. And we watched him run around that track, and man, he was... He was wiping people out. It was just like, whew. Pretty soon the announcer at the track said, Sit away, catch me if you can, Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> and that name stuck with him. Sit away, catch me if you can, Marshall. Because every time he would start out, it was just like, You know what? That's that's something that that should be a mindset. Yeah. Yes. I'm saying this. Yeah. You tell the devil, catch me if you can. That's right. You know why I say that? I'm not saying that in being conceited. I'm not being conceited. Right. You know why? David said when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he was able to run uh, through a troop and jump over a wall. Yeah, okay, yes. Amen. Amen. That's what it says. So if God is helping you to run, guess what? Run! But listen to this. Paul says this. Ye did run well. There's some that have run well. Some that were 
very, if I want to say it that way, you were competitive. The only way that, the only one we should be competitive with, if there's ever a competition, it's with our adversary, the devil. We're not competitive with one another. That's right. But we're in competition with him. Why? You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to keep you from making it to heaven. Right. Are you listening right. to me? Amen. He's working very hard to keep you from making it yeah. to heaven. Right. Praise right. God. He wants to keep you, amen, from doing it, from accomplishing that. So he wants to stop you from running with God and for God. Yes. So he says, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Oh man. I have a testimony. I used to be a drug addict. I used to be an alcoholic. I was a number of things. I was a sinner. The Lord came into my life. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. I've been living for Him. He's given me a testimony. He's changed my life. I'm not the same person I used to be. Right. Amen. He's changed my life. I have a testimony. Thank God for that testimony. Amen. But let me tell you something. You young people. You might say, well, you know, I don't have that kind of testimony. You don't have to have the testimony I have. Right. Your testimony could be a lot more higher than my testimony. Right. You know why? Your testimony can be this. I have never failed God. I was born a church baby. Wow. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I'm still a church baby. Yes. My mama and my daddy took me to the house of God. Yes. I'm still going to the house of God. I'm still living for Jesus. I've never touched I've never touched any alcohol. I've never touched any drugs. I've never backslid. I've never run into sin. You can have that kind of testimony. That's, that's an accomplishment. You know how many young people would say, I wish I would have never done that. Exactly. Yes. They'll tell you in an instant. I wish I would have never made that mistake. Yes. I, I, I wish I would have never ran with the wrong crowd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, thank you. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Got you. my suits back from the dry cleaner. I, I, I forgot about them. and So they had to remind me they had my suits in the dry cleaner. They were in there for about two weeks. <laughs> of course, with the storm and everything, yeah. I forgot about them. And of course, they were late getting them back, so I was, and then they sent me a text. Your dry cleaning is at Davis Pharmacy. Oh yeah, oh, my dry cleaning. <laughs> so, I, so I went back to, and I picked him up that day and took him back to the house and hung him in my closet. Then when it came time for me to get him out of that plastic bag and separate them, I noticed there's a little bit of like white stuff, white lint on the, on the shoulder. I never seen it at first until I got in the light and I seen it so right away. I seen it, so I took off my coat. Little pieces of lint that were stuck, and I pulled them and I got them off. Blue on it. 
<laughs> make sure that shoulder didn't, wasn't, wasn't, you know, you can see that lint because you can see it good. I want to make sure I don't carry any kind of lint. Nobody would see any kind of lint. Huh? Sister, Sister Dina talked about being OCD the other day. Praise God. You know what I mean? And I thought to myself, no, it wouldn't look good if I walked into church and they seen lint on my suit. I'm aware of that lint when you see it. Let me tell you something. You don't want it on you. You might say, Pastor, you're, you're picky. I know this because I have I have three, four daughters. <laughs> Go by that bathroom. Yep. <laughs> Back in the nineties. <laughs> but everything had to be be in place. Then here's the question. Do I look good? Or do I look all right? You look fine. Why am I saying that? Because to a certain extent, we're, I guess, concerned about the way our appearance is. So we will make sure we look reasonable. Yeah. We want to make sure there's no wrinkles. We want to make sure there's no dirt. Are you listening? We want to make sure there's no soil. If you get what I mean. We want to make sure that we're spotless. Praise God. We're, there's no wrinkles. We, everything is in place. Let me tell you something. We're so concerned about that. Amen. But can we apply that spiritually? Can we apply that spiritually? Amen. The Bible says he's coming after a, a church without spot or wrinkle. Can we apply that spiritually? Can we be that persnickety about our spiritual appearance, about our spiritual well-being? Oh man. So just think about it, saints. Think about it. We had a good discussion last week, Brother David and I, and we were going back into, you know, we were feeling that nostalgic. Going back to all the times that, you know, of course, Brother Gerritsen and Brother Hancock were, amen, the top of, of our conversations at certain times, but we were remembering all the times that we experienced under their ministry, the things of God, the works of God. And we thought to ourselves, man, we were so blessed. We were so blessed to be able to sit under ministries like that, Brother Javier. So blessed to learn. Amen. Amen. To acquire the spiritual knowledge that we acquired. We were so blessed to learn that. Amen. God knew what we needed. 
God knew what we had to learn. And God knew what kind of people he wanted us to be. So you know what? He sent us people that obviously knew his word and knew what it was like to live a godly life. To be that example. There they were. And praise God. And so we experienced that. And we were so thankful. Man, I'm glad that happened to me. I'm glad that I came to the knowledge of the truth. I'm glad I understand. Amen. Holiness and righteousness and all that. I'm glad that we were taught in that in that way, in that fashion, in that capacity. Because without that teaching, guess what? We wouldn't know what we know today. And it's almost like you could hear them. It's almost like you could hear when they would speak to you the word. So many times being under the prophetic word of God. Amen. Prophesied over. And we brought that back to our, our, our memory. And, and amen. We thought about that and said, man, God spoke to us some very wonderful things mm -hmm. and so much of it has come to pass but there's yet some that has to be fulfilled but we heard it mm -hmm. Amen. so there we were just rejoicing Amen. just rejoicing thanking God man it's good it's good so I think about that and I think about the examples that were set in. Praise God, the things that we experienced. And man, the goodness of God. I know one thing. Being in the place that we are right now. In his body. In the church. We're in a good place. And we can always go back. We can always go back if we need to remind ourselves. Yeah. Yes. I like going back home every now and then. Jesus. Sister Charlene always says, I'll save mom's room for you. Aww. You can sleep in her room. And her bed, her dressers are still in there. Wow. Some of her pictures are still on her dressers. I go on there and every time I see that and I see this is where my mom, yeah. this is, that's where she left this world. Wow. But then I go back and I think about, man, just think. Just think. She's gone before me. She's gone before me. All these others. You know, I swear my dad. I swear my dad. You know, we talk about that. And I swear my dad, he never called himself a minister. But man, if you ever read some of his studies and so the things that he wrote obviously messages we read it one time i was thinking wow he blew my mind i said what in the world and he said no i'm not called to preach wow. and then 
before he dies, before he passes away, he speaks to us, he gathers us together, he speaks to us, and guess what he did? He prophesied. Without knowing, he prophesied. And he prophesied certain things that were going to happen, amen, out there with our family in the homestead. 2001, he passed away. 2001, he passed away. 2008, the very things he prophesied came to pass. And we all, we look at each other and say, wow. Woo. So obviously God, dad had a relationship with God that we didn't really know about. But he was humble about it. He said, son, I don't want you to let this happen to this property. So I said, okay. He said, because this is what's going to, this is what they're going to try to do. And he just went down one after the other. Guess what happened? It, it came just to exactly that. And thank God he told us. And thank God we stood our ground. So besides my desire to want to live for God, besides my desire to want to make it to heaven, I have all these other individuals in my life that mean so much to me. And, and I'm speaking about, yes, the church, but I'm speaking about my loved ones who have gone on before. And I remember my grandmother, Annie, when she said, grandson, I'm praying for you. When I told her, Grandma, I don't want to be a minister. I don't want to go to seminary. Grandson, I'm praying for you. Obviously, God heard her prayers. God saved me so that I can take the gospel back to her and she could get baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. For that reason, Amen. wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so many great a cloud of witnesses. Can you think about that? There's some that have gone on before us. From the day of Pentecost up until now, there's there's a great cloud of witnesses. All those Jesus name people. Wow. <laughs> a cloud of witnesses. Livingstone Apostolic Church. We think that, oh man, we're having it so hard. And we're so small and we're so alone. Oh, Lord, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. He says, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which does so easily beset us. Amen. 
And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Folks, that's why I live for God the way I do. That's why I'm here today. And that's what we all need to do. Praise God. Man, isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't Jesus good? I want to prove a certain person wrong. I'm not going to mention no names. The majority of you don't know who I'm talking about, or you, you won't know him. But Brother Aaron and some other, some of the elder saints in here, Sister Lisa, you might know who I'm talking about. My wife, Sister Betty. Probably the only ones that know who this person is. But once a remark was made, and you know what he said? He said, and, and I'll say it nice, because he didn't say it very nicely. So I'll just revise some of the words and make it easier for you to understand. He said, Native Americans can never be consistent living for God. You probably know what I'm talking about. It's not just Native Americans that struggle with that. It's everybody. There's that possibility, yes. But let me tell you something. I believe that if you really put your trust in God, if you really lean upon Him, you would never have to worry about failing God. Even though you may slip and slide and maybe even fall, you can always still get up and you can always be consistent yes. in seeking Him. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Man. That's what makes a church, I think. Maybe I should have given you this in the beginning, but this is, this is what I entitled this, this message. Endurance and pace wins the crown. So we're all here and we all know we all know what God is doing in our lives. Yes. It's good to see you again, Brother Richard. I want you to know that God doesn't make any mistakes. That's right. Your salvation was not a mistake. That was something that just did not happen. Right. Because God ordained it to happen. Yes. Everything that goes on with a lot of you saints in here, God doesn't make any mistakes. 
we're here because of him. So if you would hold on to that understanding and the faith that he's given to us through his word, guess what? You and I will never fail. We'll never fall. We'll just live. We'll just live for him. Thank you very much. Let's all stand. so much about all the things that are going to be happening in the next year. All the drama. <laughs> and, and you, you know, I try, I, I don't necessarily look for it, but you know, every time something comes across under my notices and I think it's, you know, worth looking at. I'll look at it and I read it and I say, oh man, same old thing. Same old argument. I do pray for our leaders, the ones that are trying to keep this country from being turned into a social, a social, amen, government, socialism, because that's what is trying to happen. I pray for our leaders and don't let that happen. Don't ever let that happen. But we're obviously living in a time where we're seeing a lot of things happen in this country and all over the world and they're not good things. Nothing good about it. Why would anybody ever want to be in the world? When there's so much that is so chaotic and so much darkness. It's the only thing I can, the only way I can explain it, darkness. They have no light. And so I pray for our leaders that are battling with the forces of evil in our government. Pray for them that they can stand their ground because that's what we need. But you know, we're going to probably experience and face a lot of things coming up in the next months maybe even years that it's going to be in a way trying to our faith and especially to us to to hold on to our conviction, faith, and even our, uh, our declaration of being a child of God, a Christian, our profession. You're going to have to stand your ground anyway, regardless. Jesus said, spoke specifically, he said, fear not him that is able to take your life, but fear him who is able to take your life and your soul and cast it into hell. And we've said that for years, and we're seeing it on the horizon. Praise God. So I'm what I'm saying, if you don't know it by now, do everything you know to do to stand. Yes. Stand in the power of his might. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And love truth. Yes. yes. Love truth. And God will see us through. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Jesus
So you think about everything that you have experienced today in this place and the word that was spoken. God is still on the throne. God is still doing the work. You know, and I believe this with all my heart. I want to give everybody in here the benefit of a doubt. Brother Dan said this earlier. He said, you all are such beautiful people. You are. Did you know there's beauty and holiness? And you all are beautiful people. So I'm giving you the benefit of a doubt that if you're beautiful people, if you really love the Lord, as we open up this altar to prayer, that you're going to come up and just on your own, just on your own, you're going to come up here and you're going to talk to God. You're going to talk to Him. And if you have any burdens... You're going to let the Lord take those burdens. Hallelujah. You're going to let the Lord take those burdens. And you're going to renew yourself. You're going to renew yourself. If you've committed sins, all you have to do is confess and forsake. And then you watch God do the rest. God will refill you. God will renew you. Restore you. He'll do a good work in you. That's what needs to take place. That's what needs to take place. Amen. So the altar's open. Started out.